It's the 30th of December, 2021. And just one more day, and it will be the end of this year. So time, it passes by very quickly. And the Buddha said that our lives, they're like a drop of dew on the tip of a blade of grass. And when the sunlight hits that and heats it up, then it evaporates. And so our lives that have passed, maybe 10 years or 20 years, when we're going through that, it feels like a long time. But when it's passed already and we look back over it, then it goes, it feels like it's gone by in a flash. And so maybe we've been through 50, 60, 70 years of this life already. And it's all gone by very quickly. But whatever the case, we can consider that we all have a lot of merit. And we can see this by the fact that we're still here, we still have life, we're able to live to this day. Because there are many people who have passed away already. And some people uh, pass away uh, before life expectancy, and there's a lot to do that, following the causes and conditions, the karma that they've produced. And so we see that uh, these lives, they pass by very quickly. And we don't know when we're going to be separated from each other, which day that'll happen. So there was a girl, a small girl, during the time of the Buddha, who was a practitioner, and she meditated following the Buddha's instructions. And she liked to think about the nature of change, about how things aren't sure, which meant that she liked to contemplate death. And so most people, they don't like thinking about death. And they consider this, and they get depressed. But for wise people, and they think about death, and this brings up a feeling of heedfulness in their hearts, it's also a good method of bringing the mind to peace as well. So this little girl, she was very skilled at uh, bringing up this recollection of death, of being mindful of that. And the Buddha, through his knowledge, could see that this girl, her life, um, wasn't going to last for much longer, and that she had the ability to reach Sotapanna. So he went to teach this girl. So he was sitting there with many people gathered around him. And then when she came along, this girl, the Buddha asked her, where have you come from? And he was really speaking in the language of the Dhamma. So he asked, where have you come from? And this girl said, well, I don't know. Then he asked, where are you going to? And she said, I don't know. And so the Buddha said, oh, so you don't know? And she said, I do know. And so this was a uh, question and answer, kind of, um, that was happening in terms of Dhamma. So when he asked her, where have you come from? That meant before you were born, where did you come from? And where are you going to means that when you die, then where will you go? 
And then she said uh, that she didn't know this and she didn't know where she was going to and she didn't know when she would die, she didn't know where she would die or how. And so the Buddha then said, oh, so you don't know. And uh, and so she said, yeah, she didn't know where or when she would die. And so people around were confused at why she was talking in this way. It was like she didn't have any respect towards the Buddha. Uh, But the Buddha, he was actually teaching about inconstancy, about change, about how this life is something that's very short. And so he said, he exclaimed, uh, that uh, the world is dark and the people who know clearly into the nature of this world, they're very few. And so knowing clearly into the nature of the world, what that means is knowing about these bodies of ours, knowing that they are things full of change and constant things. And that there are very few people who are able to see that. So after hearing this teaching, the girl's mind gathered together and she was able to realize stream entry. So it's like for us, if we're looking for something that we've lost and we're searching for it and we're not able to find it, we look for it all day. Uh, But then suddenly we're able to realize where it is and then we find it. Or maybe we're working and then one day we meet with success in that work. We have to pass through many obstacles to get that. And so this is true for the knowledge and the success that we gain in the world in our work, for example. And it's also true for this practice as well. So all of us coming together, practicing each day, training our minds. This is true for us too. And when the mind has samadhi, then it also gained knowledge as well. We'll gain understanding into the Dhamma that we should understand the Dhamma that we should be seeing. And then our minds will become better. They'll become more developed. They'll get newer. Because for the most part, people have these old minds. These things that arise, they stay for a while and they cease. And there's always this ignorance, craving, clinging, and that's holding sway over the mind, constantly covering it over. And so in that state, then nothing is really new. And even though it stayed in this world for many years, um, it just carries on being this way. And sometimes even the ignorance, craving, clinging, and they get stronger. But when we train these minds and they can gather into peace, then eventually they'll reach a state of stillness. So if we're chanting, for example, then we should have a lot of mindfulness with that chanting. And also this quality of sampajanya, this clear awareness as well. And when we persist with things in this way, then what's difficult becomes easier. So in the beginning, perhaps we don't really have much samadhi. And sometimes 
maybe we're sitting or even standing in meditation, and there's a bit of samadhi that comes up. But we want uh, to gain knowledge, we want to experience freedom from suffering, we want a heart that is new. Because we see how all these old things, the anger, for example, in our heart, how much suffering that gives us, or all the doubts there within, how this slow our practice down and um, make everything murky, that our vision isn't clear. And just like a window that we don't clean, and more and more dust covers over that window until it becomes murky. So if we carry on practicing, chanting for example, um, then the hindrances should clear out and we can gain a clarity within our minds. And then when we use that clarity to contemplate the nature of the body or into the mind, then we can see all things as being conditioned phenomena, sankharas, how they arise, they stay for a bit, and then they cease. And this kind of arising and ceasing, this makes the mind new. And just like this little girl during the time of the Buddha, her mind became new. She could see into the Dhamma at the age of just seven years. So for us, we should really try to do this, because the opportunity that we have now is the best in this life, this opportunity to study the Dhamma. And all of us need to have had a lot of good qualities that we've developed in the past, a lot of spiritual virtues that we've accumulated to have this interest in training in samadhi and meditating. And why is that? It's because there are so many things, so many sights and sounds and tastes, odors, tactile sensations that we find pleasing in this world that pull people away, that distract them from the practice. And so they distract us for one day and then that carries on into one month and then one year and just carries on going on like that. Or perhaps it just hasn't, we just haven't reached our time yet. And so, like the right and left-hand disciples of the Buddha, uh, Venerable Sariputta and Mahamokalana, that eventually, when it was their time, they could see that all of this delight and being distracted in the world, that there was no real essence to that. And so we see that kind of the essence or the hardwood of a tree, this is something that's really important. And so when we cultivate samadhi and we can see these qualities of joy and happiness arising within the heart, then we start to see the benefits of this training. You start to see how it really does give results and these results are great. And then from that, then we can really set our hearts on the practice, contemplating into the body, seeing the body as being empty, and then we release our attachment to it temporarily. And there's a great brightness, a great joy that fills up the heart at that stage through seeing the true state of the Dhamma 
There's great happiness that comes from that. It's something that we've never experienced before. And pity, this joy, fills up the heart. So this is something that all practitioners need to go through eventually. And when that joy grows and grows in its power, then it becomes a factor for awakening. One of the bojangas. One of the things that will allow us to see the Dhamma. So in the beginning, this joy, it's just on the normal level. But eventually it gains that energy to it. And it becomes a factor to see the Dhamma. And these different factors, they gather together. And the wings for awakening, those which take us to knowing the Dhamma, these appear. So when we train ourselves in samadhi, and then we use this to contemplate into the body, gaining a clarity of insight into it. And then when we see into that, then our doubts are relieved, and they don't uh, hinder our progress anymore. And then the practice gets very fast. And some people are slower in their practice, and that's because of the heedlessness within their hearts. And so sometimes they don't make it in time. So in the practice we need to put in our efforts to cut off these doubts. And so for myself, that I could doubt a lot. And this really stirred up my mind, made it very chaotic. And I would look at my friends and think, why aren't they so stirred up like me? Why aren't they as chaotic as I am? Why is my mind um, so frantic? There were so many doubts there within. And this is an obstacle for the development of samadhi. But when we can start getting a handle on the principles of the practice, getting a decent understanding and foothold there, um, then we start getting a certainty. And so we do that through listening to the teachings of these great teachers, these Grubhajans. And then we walk or sit in meditation. And they can bring great fullness to the joy there within our heart. So then we look back to the beginnings of our practice, to how things have progressed from the very start. And we see that what we were doing it was always right, it was always good. It was just that there are so many doubts there and these really stir up the mind. They make it all confused and chaotic. And oftentimes these doubts are there because we want to gain quick progress. But if we can see this, then we'll see that that's just something normal. These doubts are just normal things. And if we can relieve these doubts, then the practice gets easier. But in the beginning, we do need to pass through these things. So may you set your hearts on this practice making this mind new, because all of us want new things. And old things, we can't really use them anymore, we don't desire them. And just like an old mask that we've worn many times, it has um, virus or bacteria uh, stuck to it, and so we shouldn't use it anymore. Or like clothes, when they get older, then we need to always be washing them or food, 
we need to eat new food. If we eat food that's already old, then that'll make us sick. Or medicine that's past its expiry date, it's inappropriate for us to consume that. And so an old mind, it's something that's it's difficult to stay with. There's just greed, hatred and delusion coming up within it all the time. But the new mind, this is Buddha, this is this quality of awakening. An old mind is the mind of avicca, of ignorance, but a new mind is the mind of Buddha, of knowing, of awakening, of joy. So may all of you put your efforts in this way, setting your hearts on this practice.